This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey guys, what's up? It's Savannah. Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I am so, so happy that you are here. Happy Thursday, you guys. I feel like this is the first time in the new year where I am coming to you feeling healthy, feeling well. I feel like the last few times I've had to put a disclaimer for either losing my voice or having a cold or having strep or having something we are good today. We're good. And I hope you are too. I hope you've had a great week. I hope that you are having a great kickstart to your 2024. It has been a really, really great week for me. At least I can say, knock on wood, please. I don't think there's wood around me, so someone do it for me. Um, it's just been a really nice kickstart to the new year. I've been doing a lot of organizing, you know, doing a lot of, you know, getting ahead on my goals that I talked to you guys about last week, which I know we said we were going to keep each other accountable for. And I really loved hearing your guys' response to that episode, hearing your guys' goals for the new year. And I'm just really excited to take on this year with you guys. I know it's going to be great. So with that being said, there was no other way to get into the new year and to really get in any further into this month without doing a what would Sav do. This is the first what would Sav do of 2024. And I think that that's very exciting. So I'm really excited to go through the things that you guys wanted to talk about today. And if you have no idea what a what would Sav do is, what would Sav do is my favorite segment that we do here on My Thoughts Exactly. And it is essentially a segment where you guys tell me, Sav, hey, hi, hello, whatever it is that's going on in your life, whatever you're going through, whatever you're working through, I give you my opinion, whether you take it or not is up to your disclosure, but I give you my opinion. And based off of that, that is why it's called what would Sav do? Because I am Sav and I'm telling you what I would do. You get it. Anyways, let's jump into it today. If you want to be a part of the next What Would Sav Do or really anything that we do in the future, I am always looking to you guys on the My Thoughts Exactly Instagram page, always asking you guys for your opinions on episode topics or running polls or, you know, asking you guys for segments like this. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure you go ahead and follow that account. It's just My Thoughts Exactly podcast on Instagram. So with that being said, let's jump right on into it today. My housemates are all talking behind my back, but I am not a confrontational person. What would Sav do? Okay. I have had friends who have been in this situation. Personally, I've never lived 
with a roommate. So I feel like I might not be the best person for this. I lived with my family and then I lived alone for a year. And I guess now technically I live with a roommate. I live with my boyfriend, but um, I, I it's just, it's a different scenario. However, I have had friends that have had situations where they have run into issues with their roommates and they don't know how to approach them, whether they might not be the most confrontational people or their roommates are very confrontational people and they don't know the reaction that they're going to get. I think personally, what I would do if I was in this situation, because this is how I advise my friends to approach situations like this, is I would ask your roommate for a conversation. I would either text them or tell them when you see them in passing, like, hey, is there a time like we can get together and um, just talk about something? I've got something on my mind or like I want to just like talk to you about um, apartment stuff or whatever. Like, is there a time? That way you're just you have time to have a conversation. You're setting aside time. You're prioritizing time. And hopefully they will tell you like, yes, I can do this time or whatever. Um, and go into the conversation and approach it in a very non-confrontational way, which won't be difficult for you because you're not a confrontational person. And I would tell your roommate, I would say, listen, I am just wanting to come and talk to you and I'm not trying to argue. I'm not trying to start something. I just want to have a very open and honest conversation. You know, we live together. And so obviously there's going to be some kinks and some bumps along the way, but I did want to have a conversation because I know that, you know, I've heard that you've been talking. I've heard some things that are being said. And rather than, you know, talking behind my back, I would rather just have a conversation. You know, if there's something that I'm not doing that you don't necessarily like or whatever, I would love to just know personally that way I can address the issue head on because if there's an issue that I'm doing, I'm the only one that can resolve it. So I would love if we can just talk about that. And based off of their response, because they're going to come at it one of two ways, they're either going to, well, I guess one of three ways, they can either just dismiss you altogether and try and deny everything and be like, oh no, I never said anything. And then at that point, you just kind of, if it were me, I would just be like, all right, whatever I tried. And you know, if there is anything in the future, please do come to me. And then if it happens again and again, then my tone might be a little bit different. So there's that option or they could, and this is what I would hope would be the case, really respect the fact that you are coming to them and be like, okay, this is kind of where I was coming from or this is what I was saying. This is what upset me, whatever. And you guys can have an honest conversation and then move forward from there. Or they become incredibly defensive and confrontational. And if that's the, if that's where you feel like it's going, if you feel like you're being ganged up on, if you feel like this is just not productive, I would just say that. I would be like, listen, I tried to come at you being like level-headed and just having like an open-minded conversation, but I just don't feel like that's the direction that this is going in. And I don't think we're being productive here. So maybe we just need to sit with it for a little bit and we can come back to it at a different time. But I just wanted to begin the conversation. People who have roommates might be listening to this and might be like, Savannah, that's the dumbest way to go about it because like, that's just not how that works, which is fair because I don't really have a roommate. So I don't, I might not be the best person to ask, but that's how I would approach it. I would approach it just as I approach really any conflict that I ever have um, with anyone. If I'm ever like having some sort of like tiff or whatever, I'm just like, hey, I don't want to start anything like I'm not trying to start drama. I'm not trying to like come at you any type of way, but like this is what I'm hearing and this is what I have experienced and I just kind of like want to have an open conversation about it. And someone should be mature enough to reciprocate and have a conversation, you know, about it with you. I'm curious because you said your housemates are all talking about 
you behind your back. So that means that there's probably more than one. I would honestly just go to the one that you're closest to. Um, if there is one that you're closest to and have the conversation with them, that way it's a little bit more one-on-one. You might not feel as intimidated because it's not you up against like however and many other people that you live in the house with. And I would just pull that one person aside and have that conversation. Um, so yeah, that's what I would do, but you've got this. Good luck. Next one. My situationship reaches out after I stopped texting him because he showed he's not that interested. What would Sav do? This is like the oldest game in the book. Is it not? You know, we show that we're not interested and then they come back. This is how it always goes. This is why exes come back. It's why situationships come back. They always come back when they feel like we're out of their reach again because they're so used to us being there. They're so used to us just being at their beck and call and really being there for them no matter what. We're always the one texting back. We're always the one calling. We're always the one down to hang out. And when they feel that we're not in their control anymore, then it's like, wait a second. I'm going to try again. And then they do. And then sometimes it works, but it really shouldn't. And let me tell you why, because it has nothing to do more likely than not. It has nothing to do with the fact that they like you. They didn't have some epiphany that like you're their person because you stopped texting and reaching out and whatever, because they were not um, being reciprocated in those acts. It's not because of that. It's because they felt like they lost control and they want to see if they can get it back again. That's what this is. You know, it's just a game. It's literally a game and you don't want to participate in games because what are we not doing in 2024? We're not playing games. We're not doing it. So if your situationship texts you and, you know, is like trying to hang out or trying to do whatever, trying to start conversation, just remind yourself whatever you want to do. Like you can text back, you cannot, whatever it is that you want to do. But I would just remind yourself of what's happening here and what is realistically going on here because what's realistically going on here is not that they just had some like aha moment of like oh my god she's the one no it's probably not what happened more than likely what happened is they felt like you were slipping through their fingers and they want to just grasp on a little bit tighter because of it nothing more nothing less it's all strictly a game most of the time and it's a control thing they want to know that they have control and once they feel like they have control that's when they let go a little bit that's what happens because they feel like because they don't have control they need to manipulate they need to you know tighten on their grip a little bit more and typically it works because we're always like oh my god they're texting they miss us no they don't they're psychos don't do it you can if you want but just be realistic okay next one I've been living with, okay, whoa, 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 hold on. I've been living, which in parentheses, hooking up and chilling with a boy for two months. But when I asked what we are, he says, not official. How long do I stay and wait for him to make it official? If you are living with someone, I guess I just have so many questions, like for context, like were you guys hooking up and then you moved in together or did you guys like move in together and then start hooking up? Was this like a situationship where you guys were like, yeah, like let's move in together? Was this something where you kind of just like moved into his place or he moved into yours and you guys just like haven't left? There's a lot of context that is missing in this, but from let's just from the context that I do have, what I can say is I wouldn't wait around for things to become official and I will explain why. There is no reason for him to make it official. He already has 
everything. He has you living with him. He has you hooking up with him. He has you just hanging out with him. He has the friendship. He has all the benefits. He has his cake and he can eat it too. And he doesn't have to make it official. And he knows that already, which is upsetting and it sucks. And you deserve better than that. I'm not saying that you don't. You 100% do. You deserve someone who wants to put a label on it. You deserve someone who wants to claim you and not make you second guess and not make you wonder and not make you, you know, think all of these things and have doubts. But there is no reason right now for him to make it official because in his mind, he has the best of both worlds. He gets to have you living with him. You know, he gets the intimacy part. He gets the friendship part. He gets all of it just without the title. So there's no need for him to have the title. So if it were me personally, I know it would be hard, but I would leave. I wouldn't stay. I wouldn't wait around for him to like have his aha moment of like, I'm going to make it official. Like, no, no. If you ha- if he hasn't done it yet, he's not going to do it probably. Typically, if this wasn't a situation of like you guys living together, I would say give it a little bit of time, you know, keep going on dates or whatever. But no, that's st- uh, simply not the case here. Like you guys are living together. Like those milestone goals have already been reached. Like I just don't see a situation where he is going to like wake up and snap out of it and realize that he should date you because I feel like this is a situation where he feels like he can have his cake and eat it too. And you deserve better than that. You deserve someone, again, I emphasize this so hard, you deserve someone who claims you and who wants you and who puts you on a pedestal and who wants to be in a relationship with you, wants to make that commitment to you. And you shouldn't wait around for the maybe and the what if of maybe one day. And you know what? Maybe if you leave and he has that aha moment and he's like, you know what? I was stupid and I screwed up and I do want to make it official. Maybe then you can have that conversation if that's the case, but don't wait around for that because in doing so, you're just like, you're just wasting your time. Honestly, like you are just wasting your time, hoping, wishing, praying that maybe one day he'll want to make it official when honestly, he has no reason to do that other than he would lose you if he doesn't. And I would just show him what he lost. That's what I would do. Okay, next one. How do you relax? <laughs> that's a great that's a great question. Um I don't I don't ever relax. I'm kidding. Not really. I'm that's not a joke actually. I'm typically always on some sort of edge. Just depends what edge I'm on. Um when I am in my state of like I just need to relax, which I've had a couple of those moments as of late of like, I just get so tense and I'm like, I just need to chill for a sec. Typically, I have a glass of wine. Right now, I'm doing dry January. I can't do that. So when I have these feelings of like, I need to relax, I do a couple things. Typically, I will online shop. I try not to do that as much anymore. It's not great. I like to go for drives. That's something that I really like to do. I like to go for drives. I like to listen to music and just kind of zone out. I also like to work out. So I, the other day, I hadn't gone to a gym that wasn't my trainer in a long time. I think I talked to you guys about this um, not too long ago, but I hadn't gone to a gym that wasn't associated with my trainer in a really long time. And the other day I 
you know, I wasn't even feeling stressed, but I just went to the gym that I normally go to that's not associated with my trainer. And I hadn't been there. And again, like the longest time and I went and I did my little workout and I felt so much better and it just subconsciously put me at ease. And so that's something I like to do too, is I like to work out because I feel like that physical exertion is that the word? Like just getting that energy out, it calms me down. Um, and I also, what other things do I like to do? I like to binge watch shows. Um, right now I'm watching the Gypsy Rose docuseries, but before that it's Criminal Minds or it's One Tree Hill. You guys know this. I like to hang out with my friends. My friends really help me relax. That's something that I really enjoy doing. I also love to bake. That's something I really enjoy doing. Um, so those are just some of the things that I enjoy and that I turn to in times where I feel like I just need to relax a little bit. I also really like to just like sit with church. That like is the most grounding thing ever. Church is about 120 pounds and he does this thing where when we're sitting on the couch, he'll stand there, like he'll get on the couch with me and he'll sit. Granted, he's like double my size when he sits because he's like very tall. And so he sits and then he'll just look at me, like kind of side eye me a little bit. And then he'll lean over and just automatically like fall on me and he's at first it's like very jarring because you're like I can't breathe but then it's like a weighted blanket and it's so nice and we've lately just like had these moments sitting on the couch where we just like watch tv together and he lays his head on me and he's just like my comfort and I just I love him so much and so he's also something that really helps me in moments where I'm stressed so church is a big one okay next one my ex wants to hook up when I go on a trip in June. We broke up years ago, but I can tell there's still a feeling. What would Sav do? I mean, I would probably do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably do it. I feel like if there's still a feeling, if you still feel it and like he still feels it and you want to, then why not? I don't know. Maybe that's bad advice. I don't know. I probably would. I definitely would. Yeah, I would do it. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, is there a reason you wouldn't? Is, is it only because like people are always like, don't go back to your exes? I guess it depends on how you end it. If you end it and it was like this catastrophic thing and da, 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 whatever, it took you forever to get over, don't do it. If you know that you're not going to be able to just do it just to do it, then don't do it because it's not worth it. But if you think that there's a feeling there and you just kind of want to do it and that's it and you're not expecting anything else, then I would do it. But don't go into it expecting like something afterwards or something out of it like if you can go into it you know because you said there's still a feeling like you can tell there's still a feeling is it the feeling that you like just want to hook up with him or is it the feeling like oh I want to date him because if it's that feeling then I would backpedal a little bit and I would pump the brakes a little bit and I would reconsider because I think it's it's very different and it's very easy as well to fall into a trap. I have done this many times before. It's not a trap, but it's like falling into, I'm just going to say trap because I don't know. It's a lack of a better word. Falling back into talking to an ex or hooking up with an ex, thinking that it's going to be the same when you were like at the peak points of your relationship because you're like, oh, I miss them and whatever. Maybe we can try again. But in reality, it's like, no, they're just in it. Now they're just in it for like the hookup and you're seeing like the fuckboy side of them. You're seeing like the how they act when they're like single side of them. And it's just when they're not looking for a relationship side of them. And 
it's it's different it's a different vibe there's been like several times where I've gone back and hooked up with exes and then afterwards I'm like ew like that was so gross I feel so degraded I feel so just like like used almost because it's like I had convinced myself that it was going to be like at the peak times when we were dating where it was like so happy and like romantic and like no 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 whatever it's not And I'm not here to like burst your bubble, but like if that's what the mindset is that you're going into it with, I wouldn't do it. But if you could go into it with the mindset of like, I'm just going to get mine and he's going to get his, like, yeah, I would probably do it. So it's just, it's all about mindset. It's all about perspective. It's all about if you think that you were able to go into it with like a no strings attached, no feelings type of vibe, because if you can do that, then I think that it works. But if you can't do that, and even if there's a question, it's not worth it because you could go find someone else to be like your friends with benefits, like whatever, and have it just be that, like a no strings attached thing. Exes being a no strings attached thing is always really messy. So if you don't think that you can handle that, then don't do it. And what worries me is you're saying that this is in June, which means that there's like time to plan and talk and prep and whatever. And that worries me because it's like, your, are your feelings going to grow from now until June, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Because if that's the case, then I wouldn't do it. Unless you guys are like, unless I've had this all wrong and you guys are like, like talking and like thinking about getting back together, but that's not what this sounds like. It sounds like your ex just wants to like hook up in June, right? Let's go back and see this. My ex wants to hook up when I go on a trip in June. Yeah. Okay. If you can do it without having feelings, sure. If not, no. No, no, no. Next one. Okay, here we go. I'm balancing yet prioritizing and excelling in work, life, school, and relationships. What would Sav do? So essentially, how do you balance everything that goes on in life? Um, That's a great question. I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out. I definitely don't have all the answers, um, despite this what would Sav do segment. But I think that the best thing that you can do in these scenarios is take it as a day on like a day by day basis. However, I also think planning and prepping and organizing is important. So what I like to do is on Sundays or Mondays, whichever you prefer, I like to pretty much plan out what my week is going to look like. It typically happens on Mondays, um, but I on Mondays I'll sit there and I'll write out everything that I need to do for the week. And I put that in all facets. So I have my work, I have my friends, I have my relationship, I have, you know, church and like his stuff or like other family stuff, my sisters or whoever it is. I like to organize it to the best of my ability. And then that way I'm able to really, um, really uh, like organize and pan out how I'm going to attack it all because it's a lot. Life is overwhelming. It can get to feel very, very consuming and like you like like you feel like you don't know how to do it all because that's normal. I feel like no one knows how to do it all, but we just we're just doing it. Like everyone is just kind of doing it. Everyone's just doing life and we don't feel like we have it all together. Sometimes we feel like we have nothing together and we're just doing it and we're just trying to go through life the best that we can and that's okay. And I think it's really important to celebrate the small victories and the small wins of just getting through the freaking day. It's a lot to balance everything. It's a lot to balance everything and excel in everything at that. Not even just like balance it, not even just do it. To excel in everything is a very difficult task. So a lot of times I just think that just getting through things 
is a victory in and of itself. I don't need to be the best at everything in every facet 24 seven all the time because I'm going to burn out. Okay. Like if I do that, I will burn out and then no one wins because then I'm bitchy. Then I'm not the best person to show up for my partner. I'm not the best person to work with. I'm not the best person, you know, to tackle my day-to-day obligations and show up for myself. Like I'm not the best version of myself when I feel like I have to give a hundred to everything all the time. So I really, you know, I try to balance it the best that I can. I try and balance like, okay, what, what needs to get done this week? Like what does I have to have to get done this week in work, in, you know, my life, like with my friends and my family? Like, is there anything that I have to do? Do I have like an event or a dinner or like a, do I have to babysit or do I have to do whatever? Looking at that and then being like, okay, what can I do for my relationship? How can I show up for my relationship this week? What do I need to do for the house this week? Really just mapping out what I need to get done. And you know, what's great when you have a partner and you're in a relationship in that facet of things is there's two people usually sometimes eh, we're just going to say there's two for the sake of this, but there's another person involved. And so you can lean on that person, you know, lean on that person in those times to be like, Hey, I know that I haven't, you know, can you plan a date night this week? Like I planned last week or I, you know, have been really, really stressed. Like, can we just have like a night in or we can have quality time? And that way, not only are you decompressing, but you're also, you know, strengthening your relationship and that aspect of your life. That way you can like recharge and energize to tackle the next day of work and socializing and everything else. So just take it day by day, but also map out and plan out what needs to get done. That way you can organize it accordingly and then just tackle each day as it comes and give yourself some freaking grace every once in a while or always because life is hard and it's overwhelming. So that's what I would do. That's what I say on that. Okay, next one. Any tips or tricks or hacks on how to cope with feeling stuck or stagnant? I feel like this more often than not. Um, I can't even tell you guys like how many voice memos I have with my friends where we go back and forth feeling like I just need a change. Like I need something to change. I don't know what it is. I was just talking to my friend today and she, you know, has this great job and this living in New York. And she's like, you know, I just, I feel stuck. Like, I feel like I just need something to change and I don't know what it is. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times, I don't know how old you are, but what I do know is that when I have these feelings of feeling stuck and stagnant, I remind myself a couple things. I remind myself that I'm in my 20s and these feelings are normal. These feelings of feeling stuck, these feelings of feeling like, do I have it figured out? Am I doing the right thing? What if I'm wasting my life away? Like those feelings are normal. The feelings of plateauing are normal. The feelings of feeling unmotivated are normal. And when I feel like that, I really will look to anything. I will use any excuse to help make me feel motivated again whether that's oh it's the beginning of a new year I'm gonna write down all my goals and I'm gonna try and get motivated that way and use the new year as my scapegoat and as my excuse to kickstart my motivation or I'll be like oh I'm gonna clean out my closet because I'm just gonna have a refresh and that way it'll motivate motivate me to you know 
put more effort into my appearance. This is just a me thing. Like I'm like, oh, I'm going to clean up my closet. I'm going to put more effort into my outfits and it's going to make me feel more motivated because when I look good, I feel good. Or, oh, I'm going to deep clean my house. That way, like I can feel motivated to, you know, have a great start to the morning and, you know, I'm going to feel organized and all of the things, right? I always look for anything that I can to be my excuse to change or to be my excuse to give me that kickstart in my motivation because I feel like it's a very normal feeling that not a lot of people talk about. I feel like a lot of times everyone, because we're looking on social media and we're comparing and we're like, everyone looks like they have their lives together. They don't. You hear it time and time again, but it's so true. Social media is such a highlight reel and it's hard when we see that because we compare ourselves and we're like, I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling stagnant. I'm feeling like I hit a plateau, but I see everyone else thriving. Like I must be doing something wrong. And that's not the case. It's not true. And everyone else has their own set of hurdles and battles and adversities to go through as well. If it were me, I would just focus on not comparing myself. And I know that that's hard, but I would just focus on not comparing. Sometimes I even deactivate my Instagram. I did that like two weeks ago. Yeah, I deactivated my Instagram. I've since reactivated it, but I did that because I was like, you know what? I just need to stop looking at everything. Like I just need to stop looking on social media. I need to stop looking at other people and I just need to get my life organized and back on track because also it doesn't help when I'm constantly sitting there scrolling, 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 looking at everyone else's lives and not living my own. Like that doesn't help me either when I'm feeling unmotivated, but I get stuck and I get sucked in to social media and it's just an uphill battle from there. It's a double-edged sword. So if it, when I feel those feelings, when I'm feeling stuck, when I'm feeling stagnant, I look to do anything. I look around my house. I look around my surroundings. I'll, even if it's something as little as cleaning my room, you know, taking an everything shower, just the little things that can help boost your motivation again. And just know, remind yourself that these feelings come in waves. The feelings of feeling stuck come in waves. The feelings of feeling super motivated come in waves. You're not going to feel like this forever. You're going to be fine and you're going to figure it out. It's just taking the little steps, the little things. Do something different, like break up your routine if you're feeling stuck. Like instead of going to one coffee shop, go to another one. If you never go to coffee shops, go work at one for a couple hours if you work from home or if you're going to work maybe do like a different route home than you normally do or maybe wear a different outfit or maybe do your makeup differently like just something that breaks up the routine a little bit to the point where it's noticeable enough for you it doesn't have to be a drastic change but notice noticeable enough for you I currently have no job, no license or car, but I want to move out by 2025 sometime. What would Sav do? Please help. Okay. So with the restrictions that you're under, not having a license, not having a car, not having a job, but wanting to move out by 2025, what I would do if I were you is I would sit down and really organize and plan out strategically how you're going to tackle this. The good news is, is that you have at least a year to get all of your eggs together, get all your ducks in a row and really tackle this in a smart and strategic way that's going to benefit you in the long run. If I were you, I would start by looking online, whether if you have like a computer or a tablet or something, I would start looking online at jobs that you can do inside of your home, like not having to leave your house. I know that there are so many jobs that you can do from online. I know so many companies look for people who, you know, can assist them in that way. I've seen so many videos on TikTok of people talking about different jobs that they can do from the comfort of their own home, whether it's just 
on their laptop or whatever it is, but there are so many jobs like that. So I would look into that first because that's going to be the most attainable for you because you don't have the car and you don't have the license. So it's going to be easier for you to do that. So that's how I would start off doing it is I would look into that. That way you can get something steady going and you can get something consistent. And then over time, I would also start by picking up odd jobs here and there, whether that's house sitting or dog sitting or, you know, going on WAG or Rover and doing dog walking or being a task rabbit and helping someone organize or house cleaning, whatever it is, just any odd job that you can to save up to where you have enough money to where you can move out in 2025. And once it gets to more so the end of the year, maybe like August, September, October is when I would start looking at different Facebook groups of areas that you want to live in of people who are looking for roommates. If that's given you don't have one or that's given you don't, you're not like planning on moving in with a friend or something. Um, but if that's again, not the case, then I would go on those Facebook groups and I would start looking there. Um, I would really just again, be strategic about it and write out a plan that you want to accomplish and like how you're going to tackle it. It's not unattainable. It actually is very much attainable because you're giving yourself enough time. I think that's the really good thing here is saving your money, being smart with your finances for the next year and setting yourself up for success. I think it's very doable and I think that you will be able to accomplish it. Okay, moving on. Here we go. Long one, but I'm in my senior year of college working part-time, which is enough to get me by as I live with my mom, but my boyfriend is graduated and is working full-time. He lives about 45 minutes from me and an hour from my campus. I want to live with him so badly as he's doing a six-month internship in Ireland this coming June. It's not financially smart to all live together, but I want to so badly. I've talked to a lot of people about it, and everyone is very logical about the money aspect of it, but I want to spend as much time with him together as absolutely possible before I don't see him for six months. For context, we've been together for two years and I just need an outside opinion from someone who doesn't know me, please. Okay, first of all, let's take a deep breath because if you're anything like me, this six-month internship, while you're probably very excited for him, it the anxiety of it might be eating at you a little bit, if not a lot of bit. I know it would be for me. And I don't say that with any sort of like side dig or whatever. Like, cause if it were me, I would be, yeah, I would, the anxiety would be eating me alive. And it's not that you're not excited for him, but obviously, you know, from now until then you want to spend as much time with him as you possibly can. I think from a financial standpoint, it probably doesn't make sense for the three of you, you, him and your mom, if that is the case, or honestly, just you and him to live together. Um, like you said, you work part-time and it's just enough to get you by and the reason that it works is that it's because you live with your mom and you do say you want to live with him so I'm assuming that this would mean you would move out and go and live with him the amount of money that that's going to put on you like the amount of financial stress when it comes to gas money and rent and all of the things that you would have to contribute I just don't necessarily think it's a smart idea I would just really emphasize to him like listen you're going to be gone for six months and I want to spend as much time with you as I possibly can it doesn't make sense for us to live together but regardless I want to really dedicate these next few months that we have to really making sure that we're prioritizing each other and prioritizing our relationship you know, I'm really excited for you to go off and have this experience and have this adventure and I can't wait for you to come back. But until then, I just want to be able to spend as much time with you as possible. And I would just set up a schedule with him and make it make it fun, like plan date nights, plan different things that you guys can do together, you know, plan on going to his place, making it like um, 
you know, making it a set thing. That way you don't have to make it so drastic. You know, it doesn't have to be, you have to get up, move everything into his house and move everything into his place for the next few months until he leaves, because then ultimately you're going to have to move back with your mom anyway. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to just move in with him. So I would just make it a point for the two of you to really prioritize the time that you have together. It is going to be okay. Just if you haven't heard that, it is going to be okay. And I promise you that six months does fly by. So I, But I also can promise you that I understand the anxiety behind it. And I can understand why you would want to move in with him. But again, I just don't necessarily think it's the smartest decision. You know, if you guys want to think about moving in together when he gets back, maybe that's something that you can think about in a way that makes it exciting for the six months to get over with. Or, you know, just making it so you have something to look forward to when you get back. And that way you can plan strategically. Like I'm just a big planner. So that's why I think about those things. But that's what I would do if I were you. I wouldn't move in with him right now. Okay. Last one. I've been seeing this guy for about two months now. We aren't official yet, just going on dates and such. He is so kind and funny. I see zero red flags with him, but I can't stop thinking about the guy that I was seeing that turned into a situationship. I haven't spoken to this guy in six months. At this point, I feel like I'm leading the new guy on. So how do you get over someone? I know the old guy wasn't any good for me, but I miss him and I still want him. I can 100% relate to this. And the thing is, is that and I truthfully believe this, I feel like situationships are harder to get over than actual relationships. And I believe that because with a situationship, you're left with so many questions and so many what ifs and so many what could have beens. And also with a situationship, you're being held almost at like an arm's length. You're being shown the best parts of someone without being shown like the nitty gritty of them. Like when you're in a situationship with someone and you're not the person who's like, like there's typically like one person who's all in and one person who's not. And when you're the person who's not all in, it's very easy for you to just show the best parts of yourself because you're just like not really caring. And also when you don't really care, the other person can sense that and they want to like hold on even tighter. So I know for me, when I've gone through situations like this, I completely understand because it took me a really fucking long time to get over like my legit one situationship. It fucked me up like like more than my three-year breakup did seriously like it was just not it was just messed up and so how do you get over someone I don't know but what I will say is I wouldn't hold yourself back and deprive yourself the possibility and the opportunity of a healthy good relationship because of some fuckboy situationship that you're struggling to get over you know I think a lot of times we want to go back to what's familiar to us and what feels safe and comfortable and what's comfortable is oftentimes just complacency like we're just comfortable with our situationship because we know the ins and outs of it we know what we're we know what to expect we know what we're getting it's not going to be anything greater than what it was it's not going to be like your situationship is going to be like oh let's you know let's finally date or let's get married or you're the one like that's not what it's going to be and you have to ask yourself do you miss them because they're predictable and you just know what you're going to get and you're afraid of the possibility of getting your heart broken of getting hurt because when you get into something new with someone else that's always a possibility or do you really miss them ask yourself what you miss about them like what is it that you miss about them that's the question i would ask because typically when i would go through these feelings and i would sit there and i would be like okay what is it that i'm really missing about this person what is it that like they did that is really making me miss them 
it's not anything I could pinpoint. Like it really wasn't. Like I couldn't really pinpoint what it was. It was just that feeling of comfortability, that feeling of knowing them, that feeling of wanting it to work so badly and being like, oh, well, maybe if I did this or said this, then it would have worked. But in doing so, I was depriving myself from a lot of potential great people and other relationships. And, you know, it was something that I just kind of had to get over. And it sucks because there's not a magic cure. There's not a magic wand. There's not a spell. There's not anything other than you just kind of have to get over it and time will do that you know it's only been six months since you last talked to your situationship and I feel like that also plays a part in it when it was only six months since I'd last talked to my situationship oh I was not over it I was not over it at all and it took me a long time um but I got over it and you do get over it and I would just really advise you to not throw away the possibility of something really great because you want to go back to the comfortability of something that was subpar. But with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly, another segment of What Would Sav Do? Again, if you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I'm the host of My Thoughts Exactly. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post every Thursday here and you're not going to want to miss it. I'll be back next week with a brand new one for you guys and I'll see you there. Bye guys. Thank you.